0: You're listening to Yale Radio, WIBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Tanya Minhas. Tanya, thanks so much for being with me today.
1: Hi, thank you for having me on your show.
0: Tanya, we're going to talk about your work uh, on, in a show at Winston Wachter. And um, to begin with, though, I, I want to discuss a little bit about uh, your, your background, what we're going to talk about is, is abstract work, but you have a kind of fascinating background in terms of, uh, academia and what you've been pursuing in a number of ways. And I, I'd love to start out talking a little bit about, um, you're getting a PhD focusing on classical Persian poetry, because for some reason I imagine that that may influence current works, but I don't want to go there yet. Can you tell me a little bit about that? That's, um. That's so so curious and and I imagine fascinating, a topic I know very little bit about, classical Persian poetry and Urdu-Sufi poetry.
1: Well, the interest in that was because of where I grew up, because I grew up in Pakistan, and um, there has always been a cultural fascination with Persian culture because of the, the Mughals. And so I grew up surrounded by the knowledge and the information and the colors of that part of the world of Persia. And so that is why I started my PhD in classical Persian poetry. I also was studying Urdu poetry, but it, I should press it, is that I did not finish it. I was very young and I was really lonely in my program. I was the only person, at, it was at Columbia, And I actually have not completed my PhD, but I really enjoyed it. And it does influence my work a lot because every painting I make, before I paint, I write about what I'm working on or what my ideas are. And then from that writing um, is a pattern And then I start to paint and the work is entirely organic. So there's no repeat in any of my work. So I have been heavily influenced by it.
0: That's that's fascinating. I'm so glad I did ask. So to to jump right into your work, there's a piece called Earth in there, which is acrylic on canvas and quite large, um, five by six feet. Uh, It's so interesting to hear you talk about Um, how writing informs it, because now I look at these a little bit differently. This almost looks calligraphic, but let's, let's talk about earth, um, an image that's, that's pictured here that listeners can, can look at. Um, Can we talk about the process of this again? Because that sounds fascinating. You're writing poetry, prose, stream of consciousness, something like that before you do this piece.
1: A combination of everything. So, I would say all my life I've been fascinated by by energies and forces that are hidden to the eye but essentially inform every moment of our lives. So that painting Earth is one of five of a series that I am still working on called The Four Elements and the Spirit. So Earth, Fire, Water, Air and in my fantasy all these are connected to us through our spirit. And that our spirit is that which holds our souls to our bodies. And that is of us as human beings, but I I, I believe that every sentient being has that. Everything that is alive has has a spirit and and they're all intertwined and so that specific uh, painting of Earth, it came about because it is our nurturer, not just us, but of everything that's on in this in, on planet Earth. Um, so the colors, if you, if you look at that painting and you see the dark, the deep red colors, the green, standing for verdant. Uh, the yellow standing to sunlight the white for everything that for the clouds in the sky that give us the rain water that the earth uses for seeds to germinate so um, that is so so I have I, I, I have been, I write about what I think and what I feel and um, what holds the whole earth and us together, and then I start drawing, and I just draw small patterns, and um, I start with a small piece of paper, but I use paint, and then I move on to my canvas, and once I'm onto to my canvas, then I really do not know how it's going to end, but I just know what my symbol is, and I work with that.
0: That's fascinating, and I'm I'm so glad you shared that with me. So to to talk further about that through uh, through more work, because this sounds uh, both poetic, right? These are some of these these um, ideas that you're talking about 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 spirit and, and and the body seem or perhaps have a relationship, as you're saying, to um, the Ph.D. that that you began working on, uh, correct? So if if that's true. Let's talk about the the next one dewdrops falling from the tips of leaves um, does this also have uh, a similar or 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 the same narrative as the first one do they all come from that place or does this have its own um, kind of story or, or writing as you mentioned in in the the previous one earth so
1: that painting is much significantly smaller than than earth and so I, when you look at it, I think it evokes a very different sort of uh, response but I, perhaps you have walked out early in the morning and looked at a, a plant on your fire escape, in your garden in a park when you're going for a run, a walk a saunter and you see a, a dewdrop literally, that is falling off the tip of off a leaf, literally. And to me, that's divinity because it's it's something falling from the sky, condensed on the leaf, and then it disappears, and it falls on the earth, it's absorbed, and then it's going to reappear in a different form. So these are also things that I'm extremely interested in in the changes of states of nature so that uh, with different temperatures, how water turns to, to vapor, how rain falls from the sky and disappears. Um, and for every change of state of nature, there is a change in the state of energy that we live in. And I feel that it affects us in every moment. And that I'm just very aware of it. And I think actually probably everybody is very aware of it. I just have my language that I've developed for things that
0: fascinate me. And I feel that they're important. I feel they're that, important too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you're, you're sharing that. I'm, I, I, in, in, in talking about that, that kind of, um, that, that I think leads into the next one, transformation, the lights at dusk, because... We're also talking about this experience with the Out of Doors, um, but similar to what you were just discussing about um, this sort of shifts, transformation seems directly about that. And this one, my read on it is this almost looks like um, many eyes also out out there. And so the lights at dusk, uh, feels like it has a, a double meaning. And this is also, of course, a small one, 9 by 12.
1: Yeah, it it is small. Does it have a double meaning?
0: Um, well, you can tell me what you were thinking in terms of transformation, because um, that's what transformation sounds like to me, that there is uh, some kind of an occurrence happening here, perhaps, as you were just saying, a divine occurrence of some kind.
1: Well, to the eye, when the light changes, your perception of everything is different. So... If you, for me, when I, when I see the same object or the same, and I think this is probably true for most, most people who, who look at light, the perspective changes, the feeling changes, your depth, sense of depth changes. And so at dusk, let's say you're looking at the ocean at that time, the colours change and it's, you know it's the same colour, the colour didn't really change, it's just that the light has changed and therefore one's perception is new and that is what is so lovely to me. I just like very much beautiful things in nature and I feel that I I feel that in my in my painting language I'm able to express those better than I am in my written language and so my writing is for me to keep and my painting is for me to share mm. and even when I was painting portraits of, of people which is what I used to do originally I um, was always fascinated by when you're looking at a model and you can see a change in just a slight change in the facial uh, expression, and you can I could sense the, the energy changing. And it, when I moved to abstraction, I found that I was able to capture it better. Yeah,
0: that makes that makes sense to me, and. Um... And is this also, these ideas that you're discussing, even, even, even this now, is this an idea you also saw in some of the Persian poetry you read and, and have studied? Is this a, um, a recurring theme or, or no?
1: I love that question because I was thinking about like, the tradition of painting from you know, my part of the world. It's so specific. It's it's repeating, learning from the masters and repeating, and then and then creating. And in in the Persian, um, the illuminations of of the poems, there were scenes that were written, that were illuminated and painted. But they were all very very specifically done. Great attention to detail, and you learnt it by copying and and, and then mastering it, and then having your own technique, but it was not a radically different technique in terms of like the rules are very specific, but then what you make of it um, is, is, I guess, different. So those ideas, yes, I suppose they are there in every form. I, I feel like they're there in every culture. Aboriginal culture, for instance, which is so different from Persian painting or the technique of of painting, but it is about the unity of the earth and the the cosmic, the the dreaming and the symbols that are passed down from ancestors or in Native American art. Um, I feel that all of these are coherent and really one And I just, in my personal journey, have moved to abstraction that is influenced by Persian poetry, by Persian art, by Aboriginal art, by Native American art, heavily by Van Gogh and Modigliani, because also they were trained in the classical tradition that expressed movement in a different way. I went to see the Cypresses, at the Metropolitan Museum, which I highly recommend everybody go and see, and you see the movement that I am trying to express in my abstraction in those paintings, um, and it's just—it just, it just makes—it just takes my breath away because it's so beautiful to see what is around us, and then you don't—you can really not see it with your eyes, but with your with your heart. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's I I love the way you're putting that. You know, um, it, it's clear it's clear that you have a very close affinity with with poetry. And um, so let's talk about one more piece um, before we go, and, and that would be the invisible stars. I, I this one seems quite different than the others in in terms of the use of lines. You know, this is a an older work, uh, but it, it seems to also have that a relationship that you're talking about, but now we're we're talking about invisibility, which seems to bring us, you know, in even another layer.
1: Well, it's because all right, so I've always been interested in astronomy and in stars and and supernovas and, and in temperature and how a hottest star is like turns white and there's stages of, depending on the stage of how hot it is, it's blue, it's uh, it's yellow, the hottest is white. And so I, I have read a lot about stars and I'm just kind of fascinated that they're up, you know, they're up in the sky and at night they bring us this beautiful twinkle, if you can see them. Depending on where you are, I don't see them, of course, all the time, but I know that they're there and there's a there's a world that is so much larger than the everyday world that I live in. And that is what I was trying to express, that even if you might not be able to see something that gives you light, beauty, and an a door into questioning what is bigger than our immediate lives. It is still there. It's so, so true. That, is what, that that's what you know, that that is what that painting originated from. So I guess I stand I contemplate I contemplate the loss. I feel I'm blessed and grateful that I I do that. And sometimes it's not a good thing because if I if I'm if I'm doing something where I really should not stop what I'm doing and just kind of get lost, then that's you know that's not a great thing for everyone who's around me. But I uh, sometimes that happens.
0: Yes, well, it's it's an artist thing, that's for sure, you know, um, and that and that makes sense. And it's a very uh, it's a poetic thing too, uh, meaning. Yeah, but I think that everyone
1: everyone is an artist. I think that you just have to find your language, and things happen in life where you. Somehow, I, 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 either you search for it actively or something happens and then you realize you have a language that is not a spoken language. It could be mm-hmm. music. It could be anything that expresses what you are saying to the world. And I just hope that what I say has meaning. I think it does, which is why I call myself an artist.
0: Well, thank you so much. I certainly think it does, and it's 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 been um, it's been you know wonderful talking about these these topics that that of course are, are universal and relate to all of us on on so many levels. i I want to ask you one more thing before we go um, and and also wish you well on the show. There's links here so listeners can find out more. Um, what are you reading at the moment?
1: Well, I'm almost finished with the new Harper Lee novel, The Watchman.
0: Ah, oh, go oh. set a watchman.
1: Go set a watchman. Yes.
0: And and how is that? I'm I'm almost afraid to read it. Is it is it wonderful? Is it um, <clears throat> does it seem to change the way you uh, see her, her um, her other work that this was part of or or no? How is it?
1: Well, I was actually scared to read it because I so love mm-hmm. the killer Bogenberg, but it's uh, so far. I'm I'm completely fascinated.
0: Well, good. I'm glad you
1: it. I would recommend it highly.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you so much for that. And I also want to thank you for talking with me today. It's really been a pleasure, Tanya. I wish you well. And uh, thank you again for your time and for making this beautiful work.
1: Thank you, Bernard. Thank you for having me.
0: You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators and more.